Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Just a little bit of pixie dust. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sammy. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Shall we begin? It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational Welcome, Pixie Dusters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast, produced by Limitless Broadcasting. Go to limitlessbroadcasting.com after the show and check it out. Uh, Why can't I stop laughing? Because Dan made that stupid comment right before we started recording. What did I say? <laughs> I don't know. You I just don't even know. It's like the way you did it. I don't know, but... Oh, well... Uh, <laughs> I, it just made s- her laugh, and now she's. When you said we, when you said we got it, I was. Uh, <laughs> I, I made a, a Indiana Jones reference from the Last Crusades, but we're not talking about Last Crusade today, so they won't get it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking <sighs> Temple of Doom. Dun dun dun. Yeah. dun dun dun. And this movie is a lot darker than I remembered. It. Congrats. Yes Congrats. and no. Yeah, it is. It it's- like. You don't realize it until it gets to the dark part. Because up until the dark part, it doesn't feel dark. That's what gets me about it. Yep, it's true. True. Let's jump on in. The summary from IMBD is a skirmish in Shanghai puts archaeologist Indiana Jones, his partner Short Round, and singer Willie Scott crossing paths with an Indian village desperate to reclaim a rock stolen by a secret cult beneath the catacombs of an ancient palace. It's a lot of words. Nice. <laughs> um, Steven Spielberg directed this. Uh, the screenplay was written by Willard Hulk. Hulk? Huck? Huck? I don't know. And Gloria Katz. And then, of course, the story was by George Lucas himself. Starring, of course, coming back to Indiana Jones, was mm-hmm. Mr. Harrison Ford, the Willie Scott singer character, who is a female, just by the way, is mm-hmm. Kate Capshaw. And then short round is I'm gonna say his name wrong. Anybody know how to pronounce his name? Okay, 
I want I want to say it's Kehoi Kwan, but Kehoi I Kwan. That sounds we're right. going to go with that. That sounds right. Perfect. We're going to go with that. Good. I should have looked. Yep. That sounds yeah. awesome. This movie was released, huh, funny enough, on my brother's birthday, many six years before he was born, but May twenty third, nineteen eighty four. This makes sense. It's like my brother's personality. You know, this was released <laughs> three days after Robbie's actual birthday. So. Hmm. Interesting. Uh. Interesting. I don't feel like it fits Robbie's personality though. No, probably more. Yeah, <laughs> probably other more my brother. Mm. The taglines in this movie. If adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. The hero is back. Trust him. I feel like that's an Aladdin line. Like but that's again, it. That's Aladdin's the not even there yet. I just hear C-3PO going, trust him, trust him. Oh, yeah, that works too. Mm-hmm. And then the man in the hat is back. Yeah, that's specific. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the first one and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. They filmed Temple of Doom in Sri Lanka. I think I said that right. Is it Sri Lanka? Sri Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Whatever. I'm still on my first cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. The budget was about 28 million estimated. Mm -hmm. In opening weekend, it made 25.3 mil. Gross U.S. and Canada altogether 179.8 mil, and then worldwide 333 million with all of it. So mm-hmm. it did fairly well. I don't remember what Raiders did. I should have looked before we started. I think it was wasn't it like it started off slow and then it kind of climbed. Like, yeah, like it didn't do right. as well like locally, but internationally it did better or something like that. Yeah, and I think worst? this one didn't do as well as last crusade crusade did a little bit better mm-hmm. not much but a little but that from what i understand there was a lot of criticism with this movie for spielberg mm-hmm. spielberg did not get a very good rate like a review mm-hmm. for his directing on this the only reason i found that out was when i was doing the notes for last crusade because mm-hmm. i mentioned it it yeah. wasn't in my notes for this one Okay. I don't know. Did, did you ever hear that, Dan? I yeah. I, I remember like a lot of people saying. I mean, of course, this is well before I was born, but um, mm-hmm. you know, of course, my my parents they were around during that time, and that's one thing they were saying. They were like, it was so like night and day from the first one, right? That it just shocked a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with like you know the cult scene and the heart scene and all that, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I remember a lot of people saying, or at least, you know, being told that, like, while visually the movie was good, and like, you know, aesthetically it yeah. was good, it was just a lot of people were just like, this is not Indiana Jones, and I kind of do agree, and I kind of don't agree, but... Yeah. I mean, what was it? I think it's in my my notes somewhere, but apparently George and Steven were going for kind of like the same thing they did with Star Wars, mm-hmm. where the middle one was supposed to be dark. Dark. And yeah. I don't think, I, but I found it weird because it's a prequel. It's not right. And that's in what a I heard. Sequence, like, which is just weird. That, mm-hmm. well, that that's George Lucas. You'll see it in my notes. Like that is George Lucas all over. Like and I, I feel like I heard somewhere that Spielberg actually wanted to do like a continuation. Mm-hmm. Of the first one, and then George Lucas was like, that. "Yeah." And then Lucas wanted to be, you know, Lucas. He wanted to do the pop fiction, like, "Oh, the Adventures of Indiana Jones." Hey, mm-hmm. he goes to India, or he goes to, you know, wherever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of clashed on that a little bit. 
and well, this one out apparently. I feel like they could have still done. I know the continue. It doesn't feel like a continuation with like Last Crusade, but if they would have done made this a little bit more Indiana Jonesy, it could have been a, a continuation in a sense of like, here's his next yeah part right. of, mm-hmm. of whatever. Right. But this being a sequel or a prequel just mm-hmm. weird. I mean, yeah, I know George does it because he did his first trilogy of Star Wars and then he did his prequel. Right. But at least he finished the trilogy and then did the prequel. And then moved on. Yeah. So this one was a little out of the place. A little bit. I agree. Mm -hmm. But we should probably get into the trivia. Trivia. Okay. Uh, So I couldn't find, there was no trivia for like ad-libbed or or made up seat, like on the spot made up scenes. Mm Mm-hmm. Which probably makes sense with this movie, but so I just went straight to like movie magic and scenes that they've potentially cut. Mm-hmm. So for Kate Capshaw, I feel really bad for her. The bug chamber sequence, she was actually covered with two thousand insects, like so real disgusting. insects. So much no. She no. had to take sedatives prior to the scene to get over her initial fear, and claimed that the sedatives worked. <laughs> There are not enough sedatives in the world for me to do something like that. I would need to be like straight and knocked out. I mean, yeah. like, I'm done. Not doing this. DR Narayakara, I'm so sorry. The Indian village shaman, he actually did not speak a lick of English. He delivered his lines phonetically by mimicking Spielberg, who was prompting him off camera. The pauses in his dialogue were therefore not for dramatic effect, but rather waiting for his next line. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Very much. Amrish Puri, Puri, the guy who played Mola Ram. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually shaved his head for this role, and this created such an impression that he kept this look and became one of India's most popular film villains in Bollywood. That's funny. I can see why. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's scary. He's it scary, fits. but he, he has that just iconic, like, daunting presence, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I agree. While filming the whipping scene, the crew... Oh, Lord. Yeah. I don't know how well... I, this, this is a little racy. Forewarning. Uh, Ugh. played a practical NSFW joke on Harrison Ford, and when he was changed to this large stone, Barbara Streisand and Carrie Fisher appeared out of nowhere, and there was something they were wearing some not appropriate things, and that's I'm just gonna leave it at that. You're not gonna you, you can't you can't tell the Disney people what they were wearing. No, you don't wanna say that word. You don't use your brain. Okay, it's just say it. Just say it. Leather dominatrix outfit. There you go. He's a man chained to a a brock and women show up. Use your imagination. Figure it out. Apparently, Barbara was whipping him and Carrie would like throw herself in front of Ford to save him. Okay. Hollywood man. It was filmed. We don't know where the where the the footage is. It's Mm. George Lucas's personal collection. Probably. Oh, goodness gracious. The scene involving Kate Capshaw and a rather large snake, which had to be cut, as Capshaw was having actual panic attacks at the very prospect of it. So apparently they did not give her sedatives for that scene that they mm-hmm. cut. And Spielberg jokingly says the only reason Kate married him later was because he allowed the scene to be cut. Oh yeah, by the way, Kate Capshaw is 
Spielberg's wife or was his wife. I didn't actually check to see if they're still married. Yeah, I don't know that either. I don't know. I don't think he's divorced, is he? I have no idea. But this so. is his wife. At the, they they met on set here and got married. Mm-hmm. The sound of the mine car running along the tracks during the chase scene were recorded on the roller coasters at Disneyland. With the music nice. and sound effects turned on, off. Nice. That made sense. Mm-hmm. As That's I cool. listen to, I, like, I want to kind of listen to that scene again and be like, "Does it sound like Space Mountain?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, sure you yes. can tell. <laughs> I feel like that'd be closer to Thunder Mountain. Thunder Mountain would make more yeah. sense. For the film Thunder Mountain would make much more sense. Mine car. Yeah. Yep. I Either way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Either way, that's. It, I think it was. It was cute. Absolutely. In the original draft, there was actually supposed to be a motorcycle chase scene across the Great Wall of China. However, Chinese government refused. They're like, yeah, no, you're not ruining our <laughs> yeah. uh, monument. <laughs> I do. I do believe I had heard that somewhere. Mm-hmm. During production, the film was starting to go over budget. So Spielberg, mm-hmm. of course, it's George Lucas. It's always going to go over budget. Mm-hmm. Went to the writers and asked them to make some changes in the script in order to save money. They only removed one page and it saved them a million dollars. What was on that page? That's what it I It was, know. hold on, I'm about to tell you. Oh, okay. it. it was a planned air chase scene using vintage biplanes, which later was put into Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Nice. And just spend it on the next movie. It's fine. Yep. Yeah, why not? Some references, the nightclub in the opening scenes called Club Obi-Wan, a homage to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I missed it too. I have to go, I need oh, to go back Oh, it's on the sign. It. Yeah, you can see in the background. Mm-hmm. Mola, <laughs> another very disturbing um, trivia, in my opinion. Mola Ram's chanting of Maru, Maru, Soka, blah, 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 literally translated from Hindi is kill, kill the pig, flail his skin, drink his blood. This is a similar, similar to the chant from William Golding's Lord of the Flies that we had to read in high school. Yes. You know, for kids. Flashbacks. There you go. Yikes. Uh, let's see here. The three main characters are named after dogs. Short Round was named after Willard Huck's dog, which was named after the orphan in the steel helmet. Willie was named after Steven Spielberg's dog. And of course, Indiana was named after Lucas's dog. Okay. Yes. Let's see here. Other trivia. Kate Capshaw was very critical of her own character, saying that Willie was not much more than a dumb, screaming blonde. I think we all agree with that. Uh, yeah, I don't blame really. her. Don't blame I her don't blame really. her at all. Uh, Marion had better presence with yes. her character. 100%. An unproduced script that became Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull had Indiana reveal that reveal what happened to Willie, saying, last I heard she married a big shot director. Again, she did. So it's funny. It's inside joke because she married <laughs> Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Hilarious. Yep. And then, um, short round, this is his film debut. debut. Mm-hmm. He's in some new things now. There was one that just came out that my brother loves. Anything, every everywhere, everything. Oh my gosh. Know. It's some multiverse type movie. We tried watching it and we couldn't get past it. But he apparently is still filming. 
but an mm-hmm. open casting call was put out to all the elementary schools to find a young Asian actor to play short round. Kwan arrived with his brother, not to audition, but to merely provide moral support. He caught the casting director's attention because he spent the entire time of his brother's auditioning, audition telling him what to do and what not to do. <laughs> Spielberg liked his personality, so he and Ford improvised the scene where Short Round accuses Indy of cheating during a card game. Aww. Juan won the role over about 6,000 other auditions. That's so nice. many people. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of kids. Uncomfortable <laughs> uh, for the older brother, though. Yeah, yeah poor older brother. Fill your part. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And so last but not least, apparently we just were talking about how this was a prequel and we don't understand it, but apparently George made this a prequel because he didn't want the Nazis to be the villains once more. That's the claim. It doesn't make any sense. But okay. I don't think the Nazis needed to be a villain if <laughs> they still stayed in like, between the two movies. What was I mean, the point well, of that? It's one year before. Like, I mean, you know. He could. He could have went to India. I don't think the Nazis were in India. Exactly. At I mean, that they, point. they weren't there. Yeah. All right. There's tons of other places he could have gone in, you know. That time frame where there were no Nazis. Right. Exactly. No sense. Nazis were in Europe trying mm-hmm. to take over. You could have went to South America. You could have went to Central America. You could have went to pretty much anywhere in Asia. Yeah. Yeah. Just stay out of Europe. He could have went to Australia. <gasps> Indiana Jones down under. I was just thinking mm. that. I was like, Australia. That would be interesting. Just thinking that. He needed to go to Australia. Yeah. Okay, well, that's my two cents about the movie. <laughs> now uh, Dan is going to take over movie. with his manifesto. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I should have had my second cup of coffee. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's our fault. We didn't even make fun of each other for oh. that one, did we? Mm-mm. We started a little late this morning, guys. Pretty much because I actually forgot to say uh, what time we're starting to film. It's helpful if you let people know what time they should show up. <laughs> I know. That is, that is, but. <laughs> Not bad. Uh... Oh, wake up, wake up, wake up. All right. Okay, so my thoughts on this movie. So yes. I, I will start off by saying I'm well aware that this film is, is far from perfect and it's. Uh, and it, it definitely takes some interesting turns with Indiana Jones, not just as a person, but in his character development for Raiders, which I just caught when I saw watched it for like, you know, the other night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness, this completely undermines who he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I'll get to that in my very last statement because it's kind of a rant. Okay. <gasps> We're getting a Dan rant? Uh, yes, you are, actually. Nice. Right. Nice. Right. So... I'd say the, my, my relationship with this movie is like, it's not so much a love-hate relationship so much as a love-laugh-at-the-ridiculous, kind of goofy, and then just randomly horror show that is this movie. So that's 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 kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, because, I, I mean, everyone talks about how dark it is, and it is. I mean, it does get pretty dark, but for the first act, it's actually pretty silly. You know, like, like, to begin with, it, it really kind of yeah. starts off as, yeah. you know, it's... You know, I, I enjoy the bickering between, you know, Indy and, and Willie, even though she doesn't really have much of a purpose. You know, seeing their chemistry was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, I mean, it's it's really just that sort of, you know, plucky kind of action adventure very much of George Lucas's, you know, old school 1930s kind of pop vision that he kind of wanted for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. brought that kind of, you know, into Indiana Jones. 
and uh, you know, and it's 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 fun. I mean, it's a it's a fun thing to watch. You know, I love Short Round. A lot of people did criticize not so much him, but the fact that they added a cute kid, which was mm-hmm. a big trope that got like really big in the eighties. You know, you have to have the action event, you know, the action hero with the damsel distress and the cute kid, and it's like we're trying to get away from this. It's a progressive time ish kind of, and then you know they kind of brought that back. So I don't know. I think a lot of people. Yeah. I like the cute kid. Like they can like get rid him. of the damsel. They can get rid of the damsel in distress. That right. needs to go away. They should have cut her out. Yeah. They really yeah. should have cut her out. But cut her out or just write her. Was just so cute. Uh, he was awesome. No, he, he was, was adorable. Awesome. Absolutely. I think he was better than Indy half the time. He was. He was. And the fact that like he's he's a this twelve year old kid who's got the same kind of guts that Indy has, and he can go toe to toe with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. that's like, it's very true. Yeah, like that's it's, not it, the normal trope, in my opinion yeah it's not so much that but it's like the fact that they had a cute kid at all like i know a lot of people didn't like the fact that they had a cute kid in an action movie which i kind of get it but at the same time like the fact that it was short round he more than made up for it oh Mm -hmm. my gosh yeah yeah for sure yeah so love the kid and i thought it was really interesting the fact that they had a damsel in distress type character at all and that's that's what i'm saying like this is george lucas's prince all over it Mm -hmm. as as evolved and as he pretends to be there's still a part of him that still likes that those you know 1930s mm-hmm. types of tropes mm-hmm. and uh every now and then you can see it kind of seeping back in here and it's like you, mm-hmm. you you made a character and i know a lot of, i know spielberg probably had a hand in this too but it's like you know they make this character that's so opposite of marion to the point where it's like she's like obnoxious and helpless and whatever and i'm like you're the same guy who made leia like, what did you do? What's wrong with you? Why are you? Why are you the way you are? So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That sums it up. Yeah. Because I can't stand Willie. So freaking annoying. I don't, I don't think anyone. I don't think Willie likes Willie. Well, it doesn't seem like it. What we hear is Kate. Kate, Kate did not, not like Willie. No. She's like, what she am I like, doing? I didn't Why do am I anything. This? I just yeah. screamed the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> dumb blonde. There you go. Pretty much. I broke a nail. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh my. Mm yeah anyway but all that being said visually this said the set design of like the temple itself like it mm-hmm. blows my mind yeah. every single yeah. time like mm-hmm. it's one it's one of those i don't usually like praise a film for set design very often mm-hmm. it's not something i typically think about but this one it's kind of hard to ignore it like mm-hmm. every time I, when they like get into that and it's like you could literally point a camera at any direction in this entire area and it would look amazing you know, and I can't like I just yeah. can't imagine like the amount of work and the amount of thought and the amount of like lighting it and all of that. Like it, it really feels like you're at a Disney theme park. You know, it has yeah. that kind of, you know, I mean, a very dark horror themed Disney theme park and it works. Yeah. True. <laughs> I, I like it. I no, it's very cool. Hey, we want a villain's theme park, so we get it. Mm hmm. That'd be great. That'd be legit, right? Mm hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is yeah. a whole section of Disney adults that are like please, petitioning for it. Please do it, do it. Instead I of Mickey, to. instead of Mickey, do the Chernabog. He's my favorite of all the villains. He was I, in a. They used to have him in a parade. They and did. They took him the, out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wimps. I know they need to have like his. Mm-hmm. They need to have Maleficent's castle as the main, mm-hmm. but then they also need to have Cherubob, like a the mountain with Cherubob. Exactly. And just hanging out there. All the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two are probably the most frightening, like the best frightening ones. Absolutely. In, in I agree. 
And then just have Scar randomly riding, kind of like sneaking in and out, you know? Walking around. Oh my gosh. Just kind of Ursula popping up in all the little uh, water features. Mm -hmm. Just randomly. Yeah. Uh, Oh, we got off topic. Okay. As we do. As we do. (laughs) Anyway. So uh, I, this is one one thing where I always have to comment on just the genius of Spielberg. I mean, I'm kind of a classic Spielbergian when it comes to, you know, film. Like, he's probably one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. But that. what I love about him is that he's not really a horror director. Like, the only horror movie he ever really did was, was Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And yet, he really knows how to make something just divinely scary. Like, he knows how to, like, tap into those primal fears of, like, the human psyche. And in my opinion, that's more than just the actual, like more than that you know it's it's everything leading up to that that's what make mm-hmm. this really really sinister and really scary so you have the setup you know in the village where you know you see how scared everybody is and you know the the shaman who kind of you know I, I don't know if this is like a you know overly pc thing to say but the fact that he didn't speak very well english and he had a, he had a very sort of ambiance to his presence in my opinion kind of added to that sense of like foreboding mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, you had a very, like, this is serious. This is, you know, I'm very, I'm warning you. And all the villagers, you could see how, how scared they were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you already puts that idea in your head of like, okay, something's really, something's really wrong here. And then you see the travel guides when they're going up to the castle. And, you know, they, they see like the, what is it, the idol in the, in the forest, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and they yeah. kind of free and they freak out and they kind of run away. So you see the fear on them and then you get closer and you see like the the what is it the dismembered fingers human fingers that are that are hanging off the thing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so again it's like just little things he kind of implants seeds in your mind seeds in your mind right mm-hmm. and then there's like more the, subtle very very mm-hmm. very subtle, subtle. Mm-hmm. absolutely and then you get to the dinner table and there's just this overall feeling of like something is just wrong here. yes just this unease and like you know mm-hmm. you have this kid who's the king and he's just way too calm way too serene mm-hmm. you know like there's like it's just the whole time you're just like this is no no something, something's something, wrong here something's exactly. very wrong exactly danger danger <laughs> very very danger uh and then of course add the insects and the insects and more insects and just what is it with indiana jones and insects like we I have spiders know. in the beginning like, oh, that's just that was spiders and then insects and then we go to snakes and we mm-hmm. have stinking rats in the next movie it's i'm just, not excited ugh. about that either it, it's not really an indiana jones movie unless there's creepy crawly things like apparently a of creepy crawly things. apparently well, what was in crystal's was there creepy collies in Crystal Skull? Maybe that's why people didn't like it. Maybe there wasn't any. Uh-oh. I don't remember creepy crawlies. There's see, there's three different things that I've. I need I to can, rewatch that today. Yeah, there's three different things that I can identify in an Indiana Jones movie that make it significantly Indiana Jones. That's one of them. The creepy crawly things. What's the others? I'm curious. What are the others? The two? others are him getting the absolute crap kicked out of him. And oh, the well, third, of course. right? Mm-hmm. And the third one which I actually mentioned in the, in the uh, Last Crusades, but it can work here too. If his love interest doesn't grab him by the collar and viciously grit her teeth and scream, are you crazy? If, he does, if she doesn't do that, it's not really an Indiana Jones movie, in my opinion. Because Marion does that, Willie does that, and Ilza Schneider does that. Mm. <gasps> she does! I was thinking, mm. like, when does Elsa do that? When they're she heading does. toward the boats, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. I yeah. forgot. Yeah. 
What are you doing? I was looking to see what was in, in Crystal's skull, oh. but apparently it just came up with an Indiana Jones fandom called Indiana Jones and the Creepy Crawly, <laughs> which is a 2008 featurette. And then Creepy Crawlies. Okay. I love that. Very so like nice. I said, it's just, it's, it has to, there has to be Creepy Crawlies at one point. Mm-hmm. It's not true Indiana Jones if that doesn't happen. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I'll have I'll have to, <laughs> I'll reconvene on the Crystal Skull one mm-hmm. and tell you what the creepy crawly is if there, there is any. Mm-hmm. You won't be with us, but I'll, I will not be here. Sadly, I will text. I will text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I mean, I I still need to watch it in its entirety. I've only seen bits and pieces of it. Oh, Crystal Skull. Yeah, I watched it in its entirety multiple times, and it's again, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just what really irks me about it is who they chose for his son, like how they wrote him. I'm right. like, this is not the just the character itself. I'm like, this is not Indiana Jones's son. Mm-hmm. Can't be. I buy that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not just the actor, Sammy. I saw you giving me the look. Okay. It's not just him. We'll it's see. The character itself. We'll see. Okay. I yes. shall let you know tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it'll be it'll be your turn to rant during that mm-hmm. time. We shall see. Hmm. <laughs> we shall see. Anyway, so yeah, so all the scary stuff, you know, leading up to the, you know, the infamous, you know, this the scene is really what makes it so impactful, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I actually, again, when I rewatched this about a year ago, and I kind of was like reintroduced myself to the franchise, I actually took it a step even further. And said what really make it dark, made it dark was like, you know, we've talked about how Indiana Jones is like this, you know, force to be reckoned with and he's unstoppable. And no matter what he does, you know, he always prevails. He pushes through, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's and that's why you, he's somebody you want him on your side. You know, he's mm-hmm. a warrior. He's a protector. So what happens when that warrior gets corrupt and then turns inward on the very people he's trying to protect, you know, mm-hmm. like when he, he takes the, the poison thing and he gets like his mind gets all messed up. And then he like becomes like the cult or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, so you got, you know, a lounge singer who's never been in a fight before. And then you got a kid who's streetwise, but he's still very much a child. So it's like the, neither of these people can really fight against this force that, you know, should be protecting them. And then he's corrupted. And now he's like throwing them to the wolves, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I see a lot of this in like Spielberg's movies where, you know, if you watch some of his other movies, like he, you know, one way or another, I mean, it's very dysfunctional and very inadvertent, but it is something of a like family dynamic, you know, it, like mm-hmm. is, it's like a mom and a dad and a kid, you know, and Spielberg in a lot of his other movies, he really explores a lot of these types of things of like, you know, fathers being like weak or, you know, distant or, or turning on their kids, you know, he sees that in Hook, you see that in Close Encounters, probably some other ones that I can't think of at the moment, but th- that's a common theme of like, you know, that sort of dynamic that can either be really good or really, really bad. So I think that's something, again, he taps into like something really, you know, pr- not primal, but really, you know, archetypal. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that, uh, you know, really hits home for me and really hits home for a lot of people is seeing something like that, you know, sort of, of corrupt in a way so again i think that's that to me is what makes that like you know that 15 to 20 minutes when they're in the in the temple just pure absolute hell you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i agree yeah yeah 
So, you know, you got that, plus the child slavery and a little dark magic and human dismemberment. That's eh, a jolly old hellish horror time. In my so head. much fun. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, for kids. Great. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect children's movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, now on to the more fun things. I, I, I'm thoroughly convinced that in the Spielbergian universe, like once you reach a certain level of fame and money and stuff, you can, the laws of physics in films really just don't matter anymore. Like, once they get rich, you know, it's like, hey, you want to perform stunts where you jump out of a plane on a raft and land perfectly in the snow? Absolutely. We are rich. Uh, you want to stop a minecart with leather boots? Yep. Yeah, makes no sense. But we have money. We can do it. <sighs> you know, you want to you want to uh-huh. cut a, a you want to cut a, a thing, a, a bridge, fall down the cliff and all that. Yeah, why not? You'll survive because we have money. Uh-huh. You know, I think I think it's like a superpower that once you're, you know, once you make enough money in that universe, you can kind of do things. You know, you get godlike powers. I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. It's funny. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. By the way, did I say something else? No, just the whole thing. It's just like, yeah, I never thought of it that way, but yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. That's what I say. It's like this. This movie is such a like conundrum where it's just it's so over the top and silly, and then so sinister at the same time. I'm like, I don't know how to actually feel about this movie yet. I can't stop talking about it. So, anyway, where where does this movie rank for you in the in the Lucas or in the Indiana Jones universe? <sighs> that's that's hard to say because if we're doing strictly hierarchy. It's probably at the bottom, but Mm -hmm. in terms of how I think about it, it's like a, I don't think of it in terms of hierarchy. I think of it in terms of each one is unique in its own way. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, this one, you know, Raiders is unique in that it's really a perfect film. Last Crusade is pretty close to Raiders. And then you got this Temple of Doom, which is like just a piece of, Spielbergian history that exists one way or another and it's like if you're if you're an Indiana Jones fan you should probably see it you probably won't like it but it's part of the whole thing and you know you just kind of get the experience of it that's kind of how I feel about it Uh okay I was just curious yeah all right so finally to the plot hole that I completely realized upon my final viewing or you know viewing is like I'm like okay when we first meet Indiana Jones in raiders mm-hmm. like like th- this movie completely undoes mm-hmm. his character in raiders because when he when in raiders he is science-minded agnostic atheist man of of artifact and man of fact and man of history he doesn't believe in superstition he doesn't believe in myth he doesn't believe in any of that stuff i mean he even says it when he was referring to the ark of the government he's like of the covenant he refers to it as the boogeyman he's like i'm a skeptic you know i don't believe in this mm-hmm. myth and stuff right mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, he experiences the magic and then he gets, you know, he, or not the magic, but like the power of the, right. you know, metaphysical yeah. and the, all that. And it kind of changes his mind. Believes. Mm-hmm. Right. He believes. Exactly. <laughs> but you're going to tell me that just a year prior that he literally witnessed like a dude with it getting his heart ripped out and he's still mm-hmm. alive. He got possessed by some like dark demon magic. And then he quoted some kind of spell that made the rocks light on fire. And then at the end of it, he's like, I understand the power now. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you, 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 you're not, you are, no. So you're going to tell me after all that a year later, you just kind of forget about it and be like, no, none of it's real. No, 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 no. I don't buy it, pal. 
No, you were under, like, oh, 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 you're talking about the boogeyman. You were under the control of the boogeyman, Jones. Like, Literally. How, was mm-hmm. that just like traumatizing for you? That's like your coping mechanism. You just kind of forgot about it after a year. I mean, I kind of buy that, but the truth is, no, it has nothing to do with you. It's George Lucas and his nonlinear storytelling that makes absolutely no sense for an established character. And even though Spielberg wanted to make it a continuation, Lucas said, no, no, I'm going to do it my way. And it's going to be like this. And it's going to be just wackadoo. And people are going to be talking about it. I mean, this whole movie is Lucas's fault and I'm bitter about it. As much as I love the guy and I enjoy this film, ugh, they kind of messed up his character a little bit. Yeah. And it irks me. And I feel better now. That was so satisfying for me to hear a Dan rant. That was hilarious. I don't know. I, he used to make videos of these rants and I used to watch them and I haven't well, seen one great. in a while. We got an authentic Dan rant. There you go. There you go. I there agree you. with you. I never thought yes. of it that way because I just don't put a lot of stock in this movie because I just don't right. watch it often. Fair enough. I think I've only seen it two or three times my whole life. Mm-hmm. So, but you are right. Like they, he, Lucas literally re like unraveled Indiana's character by right. making this a prequel. Right. Makes no sense. <laughs> it right. it makes zero sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I wouldn't I don't know if I would call Indiana Jones an atheist. I believe mm-hmm. I don't like because he he doesn't act like how he I feel like he wouldn't go after the Ark of the Covenant or the Holy Grail if he didn't believe that there was a higher power. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I, he would I, not believe that these are real at all. Interesting. Well, I always saw him as like he's he agnostic, he, yes. Yeah. Well mm-hmm. he, he views them as like artifact rather than like religious symbols. Or you know, he like yeah. he review, he views them as like a piece of history rather than like part of the the belief. Like, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. But I think like, maybe maybe skeptic is more accurate. I think it's more yeah. Skeptic, he talks yeah. about going to Sunday school and all the things. So I'm like, I don't know if I would put him. How he talks does not sound like how they make him talk doesn't sound like someone who doesn't will potentially believe of yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But that's just how I've always looked at it. I just, I see, that's I just my, that. my, mm-hmm. my side opinion on that. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Or it almost seem like if he does believe it, be more of like a cultural believer, you know, because like yeah, the, what you were saying be, at the time, yeah. like going to church and Sunday school, that was just very that much baked just... into the culture at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you had no that choice. That is true. You had to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People just I love that. the line though from Raiders. Haven't you been to Sunday school? Right. And I laugh because I'm like, back then that was like a thing. Right. You had no, to go. That's just like thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're all, they're all like, oh, crap, we're, <laughs> we're in trouble. <laughs> we're in trouble. We didn't go to his church. Grandma's going to yell at us. Right, mm-hmm. right. Oh, oh goodness. But uh, Anything anyway. else you want to end on before Sammy talks about her stuff? No, that's pretty much, I mean, all in all, like, this movie is, at the end of the day, it's a piece of Spielberg and Lucas history that, you know, it's, it defines a time in filmmaking when filmmaking was very much just doing crazy cool stuff. So I think in that case, it's, it's. I enjoy it despite its flaws and for what it means in the film mm. canonical, you know, yeah. pantheon or whatever, you know, the, yeah. the, the world of films. Well, and I, I can, I can, I feel like I can confidently say no matter what series it is, no matter how many times people create book series or movie series or anything, we're always going to have plot holes. We're always going to have issues oh, yeah. Yeah, because true. we forget what we're saying in the first book. We don't read it well enough to it just 
there's always going to be those plot holes issues with anything that we write that's more than just one book mm-hmm. absolutely mm. yeah mm-hmm. or story i should mm-hmm. say story story is better yeah story yeah covers everything yeah that's what i meant mm-hmm. yeah all right sammy i'm interested to hear your thoughts on this movie Do it. <sighs> so after the manifesto that was <laughs> now your manifesto because this is uh, long for you no well mine's <laughs> just more like some stuff i found that i thought was interesting oh, okay. i don't have that much opinion i know my brain is not functioning enough for all that so yeah so you already said all a lot of it you know like the movie is pretty intense when you get to the satanic rituals and child slavery and yeah yeah it's a bit much for a pg film a little mm-hmm. bit yeah which i will get to in a second the the heart thing you you talked about it you know where the guy gets his heart ripped out the thing that always just fascinates me is the fact that he just watches it just watches his whole heart get ripped out and then he just is like like the rest of us just shocked and he doesn't die right away and i'm just like what kind of black magic like tomfoolery i don't know it's yeah it's pretty intense to watch your heart mm-hmm. get just ripped out of you and then just re-sewn up and yeah, pretty gross. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy it. You know, I like some horror movies, so yes, you do. Me too much. I do. <laughs> uh, anyways, so I don't know if you know this, but up until 1984, there were only four ratings for films. I thought this was fascinating: G, PG, R, and X, which later was NC-17. So this movie is one of the reasons why there's a PG-13 nowadays. Yeah. That one Seriously, I yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, I learned this. I learned something mm-hmm. new. So because they gave it a PG rating, but it was too mature. It's too mature for a PG rating, really and truly. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't intense enough to be an R rating. Obviously, yeah. it's not not that intense. So Spielberg actually talked to Jack Valenti, who is the president of the Motion Picture Association, and suggested that they needed a rating between the R and PG because there were a lot of films that fell right into that range Mm -hmm. because he said it was unfair that certain kids were exposed to like jaws but it's also unfair that certain films are restricted to older kids you know when younger kids could really see it you know like the 13 14 15 year olds so he suggested something like a pg-13 and then that's what they decided they were like yeah we decide pg-13 would be the right temperature for that movie so and then i think they said it was like three or four months later the first pg-13 movie came out so there we go. Temple of Doom was one of the reasons why we got nice. a PG-13 rating. It was not rated PG-13 because it was before that. But I wonder yeah, what the first PG-13 film was. I can't even remember what they said it was. I will you know. search it while she Yeah, talks. double check for me because I can't yeah. remember what movie it was. And I said I should have written it down. <sighs> and I can't remember. But it was literally like three or four months later that the, the first one came out that was rated PG-13. Red gotcha. Dawn starring Patrick Swayze. Red oh, Dawn, okay. first one. Yeah. So I thought that was super interesting. Spielberg was part of that. And so we talked about Willie a little bit. There was a reference that Spielberg wanted Willie to be a complete contrast to Marion from Raiders of the Lost Ark. So much so that Kate Capshaw actually dyed her hair. She's a brunette, but she dyed it blonde for the movie. And so, oh. like, I get, like, you don't want to repeat the same character, but why? Just, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just why was she so stupid? I mean, she could have been like vain and you know still been into you know the lavish lifestyle without being so dumb that's what i do yeah. not understand like she just exactly. had no development mm-hmm. i felt bad because she literally the whole movie was just screaming the whole time mm-hmm. not contributing to the plot at all she really didn't need to be there they could have just yeah, had she could have been gone yeah they yeah. could have just had the two of them and 
you know, it would have been, I think it would have been fine, but you wanted a contrast. He went too far the other way. It was literally, yeah, exactly. It was way too skewed the wrong direction. Well, yeah. hold on. Let's think about what he did in Star Wars. Princess Leia. Combat. I was just, I was thinking the exact same thing. True. I was literally just thinking hated, the exact same thing. She hated that every single piece of her can body I, was covered. Exactly. Like, can okay, I get a new outfit? We go over to a metal. Exactly. Mm. You want a new outfit? Metal bikini. Here you go. It's basically nothing. Are you happy now? He has, mm-hmm. he has no middle ground. Gosh. He has no middle ground. He doesn't yeah. know what middle ground is. He so has good. this extreme or this extreme. And True. you gotta go one or the other. Yeah. And Lucas. you just chill out. Lucas is a man of extremes. And is true. Good grief. And I know I read when they were putting the movie together that Spielberg had just broken up with his girlfriend. And obviously George Lucas was going through his divorce. Mm -hmm. So that's part of why they think sometimes this movie is like a little bit darker. And maybe also doesn't have the nicest portrayal of the, the female character because... They're a little salty, so they're in a a bad place. Yeah, I think that contributed a little bit to it. Just saying. I still don't understand Lucas's divorce from Marsha. Like why he divorced her? Yeah. I even watched a documentary about it, and it just still doesn't make any sense to me. Well, we'll dive into his relationship, I guess, in a in May, May or April, whenever we're talking about him. Yeah, May. That'll be a good good thing. April. April. Sure. My bad. Good thing to break down. Why did we do this? Because I think he probably didn't need her, as you've alluded to. Yeah. Yes. You've alluded to many times. Mm -hmm. All right. So Kathleen Kennedy. I don't know why, but I saw her name pop up, and then I was just like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like Kathleen Kennedy used to be like, not as big a name as she is now Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. universe, right? So this was the first movie she produced, I believe. So she produced. This one with George Lucas and Marshall. And then she actually appeared in the opening sequence as a dancer, which was very random. Really? And I have no idea where she's at in the entire sequence. And I didn't even no try idea. and look it up. But there you go. Somewhere in that dancing sequence is Kathleen Kennedy before she became the big name that she is now. So yeah, I have yeah, to look for her now. Right. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. I didn't try that hard, honestly. I was just yeah, like, that's yeah. cool. She's back there someplace. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care enough to look this up. And I think we already talked about this a little bit too, but Spielberg was not a huge fan of this movie afterwards, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. probably partially is because he got criticized for it. I think that kind of contributed to yeah. his feelings. But he did say it's the least favorite of the trilogy. I look back and I say, well, the greatest thing I got out of it was that I met Kate Capshaw. We married years later. And to me, that was the reason I was fated to make Temple of Doom. Aww. I thought that was cute. Whether he meant it or not, I thought that was cute. <laughs> no, he was lying. Well, I mean, like, you know, trying to, like, bop it up, you know, be like, oh, oh right, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like, this is the only reason I really had to make this movie, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, at least he found something positive, I guess, to say about it. I don't know. They're yeah. still married. Oh, good. Aww, I thought yeah. they were. I didn't think Spielberg was divorced. I, I didn't know. So that's why I wanted to. No, I, wanted I didn't to think look. he was. So I'm glad that he's not, though. That's a nice I, love I, story. I keep jumping back to this clip from Family Guy where they parody Temple of Doom where Stewie played short round and he makes this comment of like, lady only get part because she was director or like something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Like I can't, I mean, they, even though it happened like after the movie, I'm like, yeah, yeah it wasn't true, great. but that's kind of funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so when I was looking up some stuff about this movie too, one of the things I saw were like some people were like, oh, the movie is kind of like racist and it makes fun of Indians and it gives a mm-hmm. bad portrayal. And I know Dan, you had said, and I agree with you, like when you watch that scene where they're eating all the nasty mm-hmm. foods and, and all that, like to me, I think it was obvious that 
this is messed up. Like, this is clearly not meant to be, like, making fun of the Hindu culture or Indians right, yeah. at all. Like, I, I didn't get that vibe. I got the vibe that you were supposed to be, like, this is, like, something's messed up with these people. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know what's wrong with them, but there's something really, like, screwed up. But I guess they did have in the script a scene which never made it into the film where Indiana Jones actually said, even if they were trying to scare us away, a devout Hindu would never touch meat. Makes you wonder what these people are, mm -hmm. but they didn't include that. So I'm just like, maybe for some of the like people who didn't get it, that would have been helpful to include that in the movie. Yeah, that would have added but, a lot. Yeah, yeah, that yeah I mean, it would have kind of cleared it up a little bit more if you didn't follow it. So mm -hmm. yeah, but that movie, that's disgusting. And I saw somewhere else where someone was like, that george and spielberg just wanted to make like the grossest scene possible and i'm like well you did a pretty good job because oh, I, I don't really watch a lot of that scene i just kind of am like all right is it over yeah it's disgusting Whew. but uh, i stand on a fun note which i did not realize this and i don't know ashley if you knew this either that short round well the actor who played him Quan. yeah he was at d23 and obviously harrison ford was at d23 because he's promoting in d5 back when yeah i saw tiktok so, yeah so kwan was there i don't really know why he was there but he was at d23 and he said that we were at the d23 event and i was told harrison was gonna be there we were in this green room with so many other actors producers directors and the person who was assigned to assist me said harrison ford is right outside the green room would you like to go say hi and i'm thinking of course i haven't seen him in 38 years which first of all exactly so i walk out and i see him about 15 feet away talking to phoebe waller bridge and they're obviously there to promote indy 5. as i walk close my heart is pounding i'm thinking is he going to recognize me the last time he saw me i was a little kid uh, as i get closer he turns and points his finger at me and has that classic famous grumpy harrison ford look i go oh my gosh he probably thinks i'm a fan and he's gonna tell me not to come near him but he looks at me and points and says, are you short round? Immediately, I was transported back to 1984 when I was a little kid. And I said, yes, Indy. And he said, come here and gave me a big hug. And I was just like, that's adorable. And I saw some pictures of them together and it was super cute. Yeah, I was just like, this is the cutest Harrison Ford thing ever. Oh, my God. You so, don't get many of those cute Harrison Ford moments yes, nowadays. It made me uh, so happy. Every was, now and then, every now and then he lets his guard down, you see his soft side. Yes, yeah. And I actually saw, I think I saved the video on TikTok, Ashley, or sent mm -hmm. it to us, of him speaking at D23, because I don't think we really yeah. got to see that. And he's like tearing up when he's talking about the memories. Yep, I saw that like, too. Oh, Harrison, Harrison. Like, oh, It's so cute. Well, sometimes I wonder if he liked Indiana Jones better than Star Wars. I'm pretty sure. I think he I'm did. pretty sure he did. I agree. So I'm pretty sure he was going to choose Indiana over Star Wars if they overlapped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he yeah. was actively like, you can murder me in this and that would be fine. Like he was in Star Wars where he's just like, yeah. is Han Solo dead yet? Yeah. I remember watching an interview with him like years ago and like sometime in the mid 90s where they asked him like, would you ever play Han Solo again? He was like, honestly, those chances are pretty slim. Then they asked him, would you play Indiana Jones again? He was like, absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, I could see that. I think he really yep. enjoys this character a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, he has more to, I don't know if he has more to do, I guess, because he's the big action hero. I don't know. To me, it's like, I love both of them. So. Yeah. I, don't, Han Solo, I feel like Han Solo is more know. of a supporting character and then Indiana Jones yeah, can just go star. anywhere. Yeah, yeah, he's a star. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So I guess that's a big difference there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this movie just overall, it's gross when you get to the second half of it. 
Mm-hmm. But the mine scene is very cool when they're running through the roller coaster thing. Yes. The fact they're able yeah. to film that and make it look so cool in 84, yeah. it's pretty. That just tells you yeah. on the Absolutely. forefront of the, the special effects and the filming because they made it on like a miniature set and all that. And yeah. it's very cool. But and anytime yeah. there's a mine cart roller coaster, I'm in. That's just mm-hmm. that's just tops for me. Yeah, it's epic that. to just mm-hmm. watch them roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I wish yeah. Short Round would have been more involved in the movies mm. you know like yeah. he's there and then he's a year later he's not hanging out with him anymore and i'm just like where did he go right. i'd love to see him show they did the prequel like before the first one another problem uh-huh. <laughs> like what happened what well no he must not show up in dial of destiny because should have they should have brought him into dial of destiny but they didn't because they would have they would have been, been on the set. Yeah. <laughs> they would have been on set together. But I know the actor wasn't, he actually wasn't really acting for a while. Like he did stuff and then he was saying that he couldn't find roles for himself. Mm-hmm. You know, being an Asian actor, it wasn't mm-hmm. the greatest. And then mm-hmm. he saw, what's that Asian movie, the big one? Uh, Crazy, Crazy Rich, Rich Asians. Asians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he saw that and he was just like, oh, maybe I should get back into it. And that's actually mm-hmm. why he started getting back into acting. So Yeah, because yeah, he acted alongside, oh, the woman who plays, Oh Crouching yeah, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yes, she's also in the third Mummy movie. Shoot, hold on. Yeah, I didn't even see the third Mummy. I movie. should know. I cannot think of her name because I love her in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She's an amazing actress. Yes, yeah. she is. Michelle, Michelle, yo, yo, yay, yo, Y E O H. Her first name is Michelle, but she's amazing. Right. She's in a bunch of stuff. She is. And she's in that everywhere, everything. It's the movie with Quan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She inspired him to get back into it. Like her in particular, he said. Ev- everything, everywhere, all at once. There we I go. hate the movie. I heard bad reviews but... about it. <laughs> so it really is like, it's a very much a multiverse type movie. But mm-hmm. to like go to the different er- multiverses, you have to do certain things. And there was a scene where he literally had a paper cut in between his fingers to move to the next reality hmm. and I Owie. couldn't do it. Like Owie. I would, Brett and I were watching and we're like, nope, we're done, we're done. Turn it, off. Turn it off, we <laughs> were done. Yikes. But okay. she, oh, she's also the mother in Crazy Rich Asians. Right, the mother, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the mother in Crazy Rich Asians, which I love that movie too. Mm-hmm. She was in Tomorrow Never Dies with Pierce Bronson. Yeah. Okay. She's okay. Just, she's mm-hmm. in a lot. She's in a lot of stuff. She's a big actress. She's a big actress. Talented. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, she's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Like, well, she she did some voice work too. She was in. She did voice work in Kung Fu Panda. Oh, she was okay. in Guardians of the Galaxy too as a smaller character, I believe. Oh, she was in a new. Oh, that's right. She was in a new Netflix movie that I really love, which is The School of Good and Evil. Okay. It's a really good movie. Oh, I really okay. like that movie. And then she's going to be in the new Witcher miniseries, Blood Origin, it looks oh, like. Sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. She's amazing. Cool. Anyway. She is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't have really much more to say about this movie. I've kind of said my piece. It's, right. It's not my favorite. Yeah. I, like I said, I've only seen it maybe like a handful of times. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it needs, it needs to be acknowledged in... The universe like dan said yeah. mm-hmm. i agree yeah yeah all right anybody else have any other things they want to and say about temple of doom before we we wrap up no no good 
I'm All good right. with this one. Mm-hmm. Well, Pixie Dusters, I hope you enjoyed. And maybe you're non-Pixie Dusters. Maybe this is the first time you're listening to us. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and getting a really cool insight from Dan, who is one of our favorite co-hosts, mm-hmm. guest co-hosts. Whatever Sultan, he is. Whatever you want to call him. He will be here next week also for The Last Crusade, which I mm-hmm. believe all of us love that movie. So we all will have lots and lots to say. Mm-hmm because we just, we love Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford. So make sure to check out all the different places you can find us, the Pixie Dust Twins and Dan in the show notes. All of the things will be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. That's it. Bye Mm -hmm. Pixie Dusters. Until Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins, Sammy and Ashley. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.